0: Good morning, Veritas. Welcome. Uh, and for those of you joining us online, wherever you're at, we are glad that you are here to, uh, to receive God's Word together. Uh, one of the things that I love about the Christian life is that it's always optimistic. It's always forward-looking. I mean, there's no sense in looking back at past failures and wallowing in guilt and failure. And there's no sense in looking back and being proud about all the things I did yesterday. It's just There's so much hope and it's forward-looking because God's mercies are new every day. So that's what we've been talking about. Today is a day to master the restart. That's all you have to get good at in the Christian life is just like, oh yeah, yesterday wasn't so good and just start over. Cross it off, start again. God's mercies are new and we're talking about what are the things that we need to restart in our lives. Um, And what I'm asking you to restart this morning is with this year, this new year, this is an opportunity to be in God's Word together. And we are going to be looking at, some, at three very simple verses in Psalm 119. So if you have a Bible, open to Psalm 119. And Psalm 119 is, is a super long chapter in the Bible, but every verse has something about God's Word in it, God's commands, God's precepts, His law. And this psalmist is wanting us to just reflect on how amazing God's word is. Psalm 119, verses 10, I'm sorry, 9 through 11. It says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The psalmist is asking a question, and this is the question we're, we're thinking about, we're f- reflecting on this morning. How can a person walk in purity? Purity, the word he uses is this, it's the idea of being clean, clean almost translucent, like light can pass through it because there's nothing defiling it or corrupting it. How could a person live their life unstained by the world? How would that be possible? It's like a fish swimming in radioactive contaminated water. How could that fish keep from being polluted by the water? It seems impossible. So, so that's the tension that that the psalmist is asking, and we look at our world and, and we could ask the same question. I mean, the culture, just everything that's going on. How would it be possible for a follower of Jesus to walk in purity and to stay uncorrupted? Well, last week, uh, Coach Dermody talked about the, the way to do that. It, it begins with not making myself the focus, right? It begins with taking up my cross and following Christ, to, to live as Christ to it's, it's Christ living through me. It's not a me-centered life, but a cross-centered life. So it's kind of like this. In this picture, we're kind of asking the question, okay, there's heaven and and here's me. And and see, here's, here's the thing. This is Jesus is the way and we need to walk daily in the cross. But here's kind of the problem that happens, right? This looks easy enough, right? You're a Christian, you're on your way to heaven. That, look at that road, look how nice and, and clear it is, that path of righteousness. It's so obvious, isn't it? Well, here's the problem. Okay, and if you could throw up these graphics here. Okay, that first one is fear. Now, this, it feels like you've got, gone to the optometrist and you're getting an eye test. Some, a few of you can read these words. Fear, power. Okay, if you have 20-20 vision now here. Approval. No. Uh, approval, right? These are things that are getting in the way of Anger, control, look what's going on here. Sexual immorality, oh my word. uh, Self-righteousness, okay. Here's the question, how do we walk through this? How do we, each of these challenges that we face daily, these things that come into our path and block our path, how do we stay pure when our path is obstructed by so many trials and temptations? Well, this almost answers the question. By living according to your word, by living according to your word, that's the solution. By living, this idea of, of being on, on guard, this, by living, it's like, it's like a, a person in a lookout tower who's watching and looking. That's how you do it. You have a, a, someone on guard watching God's word. So this next slide shows it. Okay, how are we going to do it? It's God's word. God's word, but, but here's, here's what happens. God's word leads us through. This is, this is the picture that the psalmist is painting, is that God's word creates the path through all of these trials and temptations. No matter what you are going through this morning, God's word is sufficient to guide you through each one of those. So the, the point here, you can either, for the big idea or the first point, you can either draw this picture or you can write down these words. God's word is the only way to live a clean life. God's word is the only way to live a clean life. The psalmist says in Psalm 119, 105, he says, uh, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's like, it's like this, this lamp that just guides my path, through each one of those trials. So, if you lose sight of the word, you lose sight of the path. I was reflecting on this, this idea of the psalmist saying, "How can you keep your way pure by putting someone on watch to focus on God's word and to guard it carefully?" Um, at eleven forty p.m., April fourteenth, nineteen twelve. Some of you history buffs know where this is going. Lookout man Frederick Fleet was standing in the crow's nest of a famous ship. He rang the emergency bell and shouted the infamous words, Iceberg! Right ahead. And 37 seconds later, the Titanic collided with this massive iceberg. With no moon or shadow, with no moon, uh, all that Frederick Fleet could see was a shadow that blocked part of the horizon, which is why he was unable to see the iceberg on the horizon. And actually, he was on trial. And on trial, he said, if only I would have had a pair of binoculars, I could have avoided the iceberg what he was able to see with his own eyes in that lookout tower was simply not enough to make his way through Iceberg Alley and all of those, those uh, obstructions in the way of, this, of the path of this ship, right? He was not able to see with his own eyes. He needed something better than his own eyes to help him see what was ahead. Psalm 119 is saying the Bible is that set of binoculars for us for a christian it's it's how we look at the world and see the dangers that are that are wanting to destroy our lives okay so it this is a cruel joke um, that somebody did on the 50th anniversary of the titanic but somebody actually put some binoculars at his at his tombstone with a note that said sorry these are so late Um, that was, it's a cruel joke. It's terrible, right? But I was thinking about that. As I was reading through that, I'm like, oh man, bad taste. But then I thought about my life, and if I just decided to not live according to God's word, just decided to ignore the Bible in my life, and I end my life with with a total, like, destruction. The ways that all of us are prone to destroy our lives and And I just imagine somebody setting a Bible next to my tombstone and like, well, if only Mark would have listened to this, right? Like there is a cautionary tale in this. And it's that if we decide to ignore God's word, there is no possible way for us to navigate our way through this world. And you know what? As you think about all the things that are happening, the turmoil in our culture, in our world right now, You and all of your friends on social media, it's not enough to help you walk through the challenges. What you need, what I need, is we need to be instructed by God's word. How can a person stay on this path of purity and be uncorrupted by living according to God's word? So the question is, are you daily guarding your life by being in God's word? Verse 9 challenges, challenges us to think about this. Verse 10, it goes on and he says, I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands or wander from your commands. And in the psalmist is hungry for something. He's saying, what does he say? I, I seek what? I seek you. I think this is interesting that he doesn't say, I seek it with all my heart. It's not just... The commands that he's seeking. He's seeking God, right? So it's not just knowledge for knowledge's sake. It's not just more facts about God, but actually knowing God. This this second point is, I think, so important to what the psalmist is teaching us here is that reading the Bible is not a, a thing you do as much as it is a person you love. If you've been listening to me for any amount of time, you've heard this point make its way into so many sermons. You're like, okay, we've heard this before, Mark. Yes, because I think if you miss this in your faith, you're going to miss one of the most important concepts of life with Jesus, is that reading the Bible is not a thing you do, it's a person you love. And if you start to thingify the Bible, like just turn it into a thing you do, like an assignment, it's gonna lead to more knowledge and it could actually become more dangerous. If, the po- if you miss the point of the Bible as like life with God and time with Jesus, you might miss the point because ultimately the Bible is not just a roadmap map to help you get through all those temptations. It's the voice of Jesus in your life. It's how we know Jesus. It's how we know what his voice sounds like. It's how we walk with him. Okay, let me, let me give you an example from John 5. So the context of this is Jesus is talking to the religious experts. They knew all about their Bibles, studied it day and night, and what he says is shocking. Look at John 5. He says, You pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them. And yet they testify about me, but you are not willing to come to me so that you may have life. This is so fascinating. Did you see this? Like, he's like, you guys pour over the scriptures, you diligently study the Bible. You guys pray it, you wake up, you memorize it. It's the last thing on your mind. You quote it all the time. You pour over the scriptures because you think that in the scriptures you have eternal life. But these are the scriptures that point to me. They point to me. The whole point of the Bible is to lead you to Jesus. And so in some ways, Jesus is standing right there and they're like, oh, we'd rather have the Bible. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like somebody's been off to war and you've been writing letters for years and years and like they show up and you're like, where's the letters? I just wanted the letters. <laughs> you're like, oh, oh those, the whole point was our relationship. Those are the letters that pointed to me and us. And that's kind of like the Bible. These guys had missed the point. They even turned the Bible itself into an idol. You might call it bibliolatry or something like that, where it was like the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, and they worshiped the Bible but missed Jesus. I think this is such an, uh, an important thing for us to think about is that you can know the Bible without knowing Jesus. And one of the ways that you can tell that someone has fallen into this trap is they tend to use the Bible as a weapon to like beat people up. It's a club, becomes a club to hurt people instead of being transformed and becoming more like Jesus. I, I want to just stop right here and encourage some of you. One of the barriers that, that some of you have to reading the Bible is that you feel like you're not smart enough. I talked to a guy this week um, who was like, I, I just don't know. I hear you guys up on stage and you're talking about... Um, like Greek words and Hebrew words and you're dissecting it. And, and some of you, even like the women, as you were listening to Rebecca, um, invite you to the Bible study. You're like, I don't know. I mean, that's, this is a confusing book and all these, you know, there's a lot of smart people around here. There might be, I mean, with the university, there's like PhDs and people are like really smart and intelligent. And I don't know if I don't know if I'm smart enough to be in that here's what I want to encourage you with. A high IQ does not give you an advantage when it comes to knowing God and knowing his word. In fact, it might be a disadvantage. Because if you think, if you're someone that thinks that you pretty much have God figured out, and all the things in the world, like all your opinions are pretty much right and everyone else doesn't get it, like because you're so smart and you under, I understand everything about politics and medicine and everything, and, and you're just so sure of all your opinions and, and you've got all the Greek words parsed out and you understand you know, the historical, all the, all the things, right? It can puff up into spiritual pride. And some of you that like, I'm not very smart, you might have a spiritual advantage in knowing Jesus. And so don't let that keep you from God's word. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 19? It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. I want to encourage you. If you feel like a beginner when it comes to knowing Jesus, I feel the same way. When it comes to following Jesus, there are no experts. And that's great news for us, that we can just open the Bible and we don't have to be, like have a super high reading comprehension and score 36 on the the reading part of the ACT to, to know God and to understand what he's saying to us. Okay, he says, I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. Another thing that's interesting here in in verse 11 is that he connects seeking God's word, or sorry, seeking God with seeking his word. Here's what I think is so important about that. If I'm not seeking God, I'm usually straying from him, right? If I'm not like moving toward God, usually I'm moving away from him. But here's the thing. Listen to this, this is so important. But if I'm seeking God without seeking God's word, I'm in danger of taking God's name in vain. Here's what I mean by this. And, and I wanna show you this, this last, if, Melinda, if you could throw, throw up that last graphic. Here's the problem, okay? And I love this because he's saying, I seek you. Like, I'm going after you, God, with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. This idea of seeking God and also being in the Bible, in the word, is because here's the problem. All of those things, I am an expert at going into, at wandering into all of these. If those represent like buildings or amusement parks or attractions or whatever, like I can justify anything that I want to do. The human heart is, that's what we do. We are experts at justifying doing what we want. Have you ever noticed that people do what they want? People always do what they want. And that's a problem because we are experts at telling people why what we're doing is the right way. And we're amazing at that. I can justify any purchase. I was in Best Buy the other day, and I'm with my boys and we're staring at all these, you know, TVs. I could, I could totally justify buying any one of those TVs, right? If I wanted to. Um, and I realized, like, even as we're standing there, like, I'm, I'm preaching on this tomorrow. Like, I wonder what God would say. What, how should I think through this? I mean, this is, yeah, right? So here's the thing. I need God's word to help me. Look at this verse that, that teaches us this. It says, the word of God is from Hebrews 4:12 The word of God is living and active. Like these words are alive. This isn't like reading some biography or history book. These words are alive. And they are sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions. Of the heart. Ephesians 6 tells us that he says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is is the voice of God in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is able to take God's word and speak to us and correct us and teach us and rebuke us and put us on the path of righteousness and god's word is the only way to know the difference between god's desires for me and my selfish desires for me god's word helps me to understand and discern the difference so here are some examples of this this week um here's some conversations that i had um about a, a religious leader, a Christian religious leader, that was saying, there is no hell. There's no hell. Like, everyone's gonna go to heaven at the end. Our goal is to just be good, be loving, but there is no such thing as hell. This person is seeking God, right? They, they're leading God's people, But the question is like, oh, so what? those are your opinions about hell, but what, is, what does Jesus teach about hell? Uh, another thing that came up this week was, um, well, just the, the reality of the temptation of money, of wealth and pleasure. And I know that all the things that I want don't leave much room to giving to God. And I just know that. All of us as humans, we struggle with giving our money because that's a source of like security, especially in these times. And so, I mean, there are very, very, very small portion of people in Veritas Church that, that practice the discipline of tithing, of giving 10%. And I know it's a struggle, right? It's a struggle for all of us. But I just think, man, what does God's word say to us? What does Jesus speak to us about money? and what money and possessions will, will do to our souls. I've been thinking about that. Um, I think about the culture and opinions about gender and sexuality. Like, man, that's a real barrier, right? On, that, on the road to heaven, how, how, do we, how do we think through that? How do we navigate this? What does the Bible teach us about sexuality, about biblical manhood and and womanhood, what it means to be human. Uh, a friend this week um, basically was, was um, saying, you know, I, I know Jesus, I know that I'm a Christian, but I also know for sure that God brought this woman into my life. And, you know, they're sexually immoral and, kind of just living how they want to live. And and he's like, but I know for sure that, that God brought this person. Remember how I said, when you're off the path, when you're trying to seek God without his word, you end up taking God's name in vain? That's what I'm talking about. You end up doing what you want and slapping God's name on it. That's what it means to profane God's name or take his name in vain, is to say that yeah god god is doing this when clearly i'm just calling my rebellion god's will so the solution to this problem in the human heart is to come to god's word with expectation and expect jesus to speak to you begin with just your just your will be done lord literally this morning it was just for me, opening to Mark chapter eight and saying, you will be done. Jesus, speak to me. What do you have in my, that you, that you wanna to talk to me about this morning? And we remember that when the Bible becomes a, a person we love and not a thing we do, our concern is not just like breaking all the rules. Our concern is breaking the relationship. Right, anyone, you know, you know this, if you're in a relationship Maybe you hurt your roommate or whatever. It's not just that you violated the terms of your lease and your contract, right? It's that you, you maybe you broke the relationship or in a marriage, like it's not just that you broke the, the contract of the marriage. It's that you broke the relationship. When we, when we walk with Jesus in this way, we let him speak to us. We know that we're in a relationship. It's not just like figuring out what are all the rules today? It's like, Jesus, I need you to to speak to me. Okay, so the question here under this point is just what is shaping your thinking? What is shaping the way you think? Are you seeking God with all your heart and not strength from his commands, like verse 11 talks about? In the last verse, 12, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word this this is the idea of some of your translations say i I have treasured your word in my heart this is that is that is the word the, the, it's to hide or to store it up like something you would do with a treasure when you protect it you you store it up you hide it that's the word i've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you so Here's the last question I want to end with. Because there are a lot of ways to, to um, seek God, and, but some of you are asking, how do I do this, right? Okay, you've convinced me. I want to be in God's word. I'm motivated to do this. I want to be on the path. I understand that I could stray away at any moment. I want to be on the path. How do I do that? Here's how you do it. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, he said this, the way to do a great deal is to keep on doing a little. The way to do nothing at all is to be continually resolving that you will do everything. So here's what your temptation is gonna be. Your temptation is gonna be, you know what? I've never read this book cover to cover. Doggone it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start on page one today and I'm gonna read the Bible this year. Here's my advice don't do that, okay? Just don't do that. Don't try to read the whole Bible right now. Don't try to master the restart and read the Bible. That would be like me saying, um, not totally like me. This is not exactly apples to apples, but it's kind of like me just deciding, you know what? Some of you convinced me that I'm gonna run a marathon or I should, and I just said, you know what? You're right, I'm gonna go run a marathon tomorrow. And you're like, no, 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 don't do it, right? Um, there are a couple guys in our church that did that, uh, Mikey and Pete, okay, okay? Um, <laughs> How did it work out? I don't know. Somehow it happened. I think they're probably still suffering the consequences for that. But here's the point. Write this down. Start and continue. Small. Okay. Those are your words for the day. Number one, start. Just do something. And the second word is small. Do something very small. I'm going to give you an example of this. Okay. Here's what I'm going to try to convince you to do. I think it would be sweet if... Everyone in Veritas, at least. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pretty low on this bar, okay? Just try to read the New Testament this year. The New Testament, the really short part of the Bible, okay? Uh, try to read that. And here's, I'm going to show you how to do it, okay? So if you have a phone, um, you, you won't remember all of this, but you can go online and, and go through it later. But here's what I'm encouraging you to do, okay? Go to your app store and... Just type in Bible, okay? We're starting really small here. Uh, App Store, Bible, okay? Click on that. Here's what's gonna come up. You click that Bible, it's 6.2 million likes or reviews. Okay, next one. Okay, so now, this is gonna pop up. Uh, So click on the bottom. See that on the bottom, everyone? I see the blue, you see this blue motif, right? God's word. Um, Click on Plans. And, ne- and then it's going to come up. So find a Bible plan. Okay, next one. Okay, there. Boom, you can d- there's my plans or find plans. You're going to find plans. All right, next one. And type this in, five by five by five. Okay, I think that stands for like five minutes a day, five days a week. And I think they give you like five questions to think through. Okay, super simple, five minutes a day. This is amazing. Um, I can't set the bar any lower than this. All right, next one. All right, here we go. Okay, you're gonna click sweet discipleship journals, five by five by five reading plan with a cool visual, right? You're on this journey with Jesus. This is amazing. This is gonna be so epic, right? This is what it's gonna feel like every day. You're gonna be walking with Jesus in the mountains. You're gonna click start a plan. Next one, with friends. Okay, this is so cool. I'm gonna show you guys this. You, you gotta, like, you can, when you start the plan, you can send requests to, to some people. Um, they have to be, I think, members or subscribe to, to the app as well. Um, ask some people, hey, you wanna do this with me? So, with some friends, okay, next one. So we're doing this, um, and those are, those are my friends, see? Um, there's me on the left, and those are some of my kids, and my dad's in there, and so this is what it's gonna look like, um, you're, you start with, uh, so devotional, I don't read that. I just check the, I check the box. Okay, it's just some questions. You don't need to do that. Uh, mark one, okay, just you click on mark one and here's what it's gonna look like. The next one, next, okay, there it is, mark one. Now, here's why I circled uh, in the upper right. Like, dude, you can even just click listen. You can listen to this stuff in the upper right if you don't like the voice. If the voice of the narrator bothers you, you can find a different voice, right? It's amazing. You can speed it up. If you want to go faster, slower, um, and then at the bottom, you could just click play in your car. This is amazing. You'd be driving and just doing the word. Okay, next one. Okay, then it goes to the devotional, and this is where you can, if you're doing it with people, you can write down, and if you're doing it by yourself, you can still do your own journal, type in, and uh, this is like my dad. Uh, we read Mark chapter one. He's I'm willing. He will heal me. He's willing. That's good news. Like it's just super simple. You can do this. Um, all of us comment. My kids comment, and um, there's and Jet, uh, my son is. Uh, my youngest son is joining us this year on the Bible app. He sees all, the, all of his siblings doing it. He's like, I want in. You know, so he's in. Okay, next one. Boom. This is the good feeling for those of you that are like love check boxes, Like this check marks pops in and like, yes, you are a good Christian because you did this. Okay. Um, for those of you that like that kind of thing, boom, there it is. Uh, makes you feel good, like you made your bed, you brushed your teeth, you read your Bible, boom, done. Um, okay, here's a here's thing. If you do this for the rest of your life, just this, this five minutes a day, this small thing, this will absolutely change your life. Because there are so many things ahead in your life. that you have no idea what's going to happen. But it doesn't matter what's going to happen because God's word will help you know how to get through it. The binoculars of God's word as you're watching, he will show you all the icebergs that are ahead and he will help you navigate through it all. And I've got more great news for you. If you're feeling right now like, oh man, I've been failing in this, let me share the very last verse of Psalm 119. It says, after all this stuff about I seek you with all my heart, don't let me stray from your commands. Look at what he says, verse 176, I wander like a lost sheep, seek your servant, for I do not forget your commands. I wander like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commands. The great news of this whole thing is this is not about you staying on that nice, straight, blue path, going through all these temptations. We all wander off. And some of you are like, oh man, I'm so far into that ditch. I don't even know if it's possible for me to get back on. The great news of this morning is that Jesus, the good shepherd, He goes and finds you, and he brings you back on the path. Let's let's pray together. Jesus, the reality is we need you to come find us because there's not a single person in this room who has never wandered off the path. We are so prone to wander. And we need you to come find us. Lord, I'm praying for Veritas Church too. For our leadership team, for staff, for connection group leaders, and all of us that are trying to figure out how to lead and navigate through such a time as this. We need help. I pray for all the the people in this room that maybe they're leading businesses or uh, they're trying to figure out how to Navigate different relational things. Whatever it is they're going through, trials, suffering, sickness, struggling with, with anger, all these things. Lord, we need you to bring us on the path and to guide us. Lead us, Jesus, by your word. We seek you. Don't let us stray from your command.